It is another week, which means it's time for another episode of everyone's favorite sports talk show. <laughs> Slow your roll. It's Tuesday, January 18th. I don't remember what episode number this is. I've lost count. I, I can't. 22, keep, I believe. I can't keep track. <laughs> I haven't watched them all. Listen to them. Um, yeah, sure. Listen to them. Because, uh, yeah, there's no, I mean, I haven't. I uh, had time to look at the, all the Instagram videos we put up, too. You can check us out on Instagram. You don't even have Instagram. <laughs> I don't have Instagram. I'm against Instagram. I hate it. I think it's dumb. It's hurting our society. I think a lot of things are hurting our society. But that's a different podcast. This is about sports. Yes. It's time for Slow Your Roll. Oh, there's a wobbly table today. This is a nice table, though. No, it's not wobbly. That was me putting way too much pressure on because oh. I was trying to move myself that's forward. Dom, you anxious today? I'm, I'm just rearing to go. Okay, I'm ready. I'm well, ready. Then, I'm ready to go. Well, then let's get right into it because we do have a lot to cover today. We're going to go over a couple games: Bucks, Eagles, obviously the Patriots. Yes, it was, in my opinion, a crappy round one. It, Very unexciting. That was a lot of blowouts. But we're going to go over some things. We really needed that extra team in the playoffs. You know, we we really needed. Yeah, to, that. We really needed to watch, you know, the Steelers yeah. get the earth salted against them, and, and they, Philadelphia yeah. barely be able to move the football. It all went well. But we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna dive into some of these games. We're gonna answer some tough questions. Like, uh, at what point does Jimmy turn into Jim? And uh, uh, we're gonna go over our first round predictions. We're going to have make some second-round predictions. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk maybe a little hockey. Yes. And we're going to talk uh, some of the coaches. But, Dom, right. you said you're anxious to get into this. I am. So, I am ready to go. Also, uh, uh, Dan is back. Yes. Hello. Dan's back on the show third, today. Third, third time. Yeah. Third time. Welcome back. Third time's a charm. Don't yeah. just bring that on people. That's true. That's true. He's turning into a regular at this point, so it's like, you bit. know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So... Watching that game yesterday, I had sort of like an epiphany moment, or at least a way of thinking of things in terms that are just different. Does everybody realize that now the Bills are basically the Pats 2.0? That game yesterday? And I'll explain to you. uh, you Saturday. Saturday. And I'll explain to you why. So Sean McDermott is a defensive head coach. Defensive head coaches are usually having some problems in the league right now, and yet he's fine. The Bills have the number one total defense in the NFL, despite not having a single pro bowler on it, and they lost their best cover corner, Tredavious White, during the season. So he is elevating his personnel. Very Belichickian. You have an offensive coordinator in Brian Dable, a sensational offensive coordinator who is now one of the top guys prospects for a head coaching job much like Josh McDaniels has been for years and obviously you have your franchise quarterback again it's just three things it seems really really simple but name me the defensive head coaches in the NFL still today who are really actually having success you have to be so elite you have to elevate your personnel way past what it you what it actually is which McDermott seems to clearly be doing and he has the head coach offensive coordinator and Brian Dable I really do think you're looking at the Patriots 2.0 in this Buffalo team. So many teams in the NFL have tried to recreate what New England is doing, and finally, it seems to me, someone is recreating it. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be the Pats dynasty. They're not going to go on a 20-year run. The NFL isn't like that. No one will ever do that again. Byron Dable could even leave to next year, and this all goes away. But if Dable does stay... And I think there's an argument to be made for Dable to stay because Dable has such 
He's thought of so highly in the league now, and he's such a great prospect for head coaching. He should be super, super selective about his job and wait for like the perfect job to open. And if he wants to pass on this year, I don't think that's a bad idea. So, <clears throat> rough, rough. Today, it's very bad news for the Patriots because you are going to be looking up and chasing a team that not only has far more firepower than you, a far more talented quarterback than you, but a team whose coaching seems to be nearly on par with yours. As I said, number one in total defense, not a single pro bowler. McDermott elevating his personnel. Josh Allen is a freak. Sensational OC. It's going to be a long, long couple of years, in my opinion, for the Patriots. So, guys, before we get into that game itself, I just want... Am I overreacting here from what I'm seeing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why am I wrong? Uh, now, are you putting most of this at the feet of Sean McDermott? Yes. Okay. See, that's why I'm like, no. Why? No. Because most of what the Patriots have done, and people want to say it's all Brady. However, I feel most of it lies at the feet of Bill Belichick still. Uh, and I don't think, especially like Sean McDermott is good. I've said he's good. I think he's good. I don't think he's great, and his first couple of years weren't that good. I think he was elevating a bad team. Some of his decisions at time was questionable, like that time he uh, was a satire Taylor, and the time they were actually heading towards the playoffs. I think they did make the playoffs that year. Mm. Uh, but they really didn't get great in the first couple seasons. I always liked... Josh Allen, simply because like he just seemed like a freak of nature, mm. um, and I was telling, like, well, if you can just hone this wild man in, he can be good. And you didn't think they could hone him in. You I did thought not. He, you thought he'd just be wild forever. I did. And but you say Brian Gable, and it seems to me Brian Gable came in mm-hmm. and made this offense. And you you pointed to well, Bill has uh, Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels, and Josh McDaniels has actually always been there. I think he has. He's been there for every single Super Bowl, but he was uh, never. No, wasn't Charlie Weiss there for one of them? He was the offensive coordinator at the time. However, Josh McDaniels has been in the system. Oh, okay. The entire time. However, most of that time was in the beginning, like uh, special teams. I think helpers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a wide receiver, coach. coach, stuff like yeah. So he's had helpers, but uh, that first part of the dynasty was so much about the defense. And then the defense, I mean, the defense was crap for a little bit, and a lot of it was Brady, but we weren't winning those years. Mm. It wasn't until, like, Brady always had a defense when we won. Yes. And people, some people don't want to point that out. So I, I feel like most of this falls at the feet of Belichick, but as good as Sean McDermott has been, it's mostly, it's not, well, I guess not mostly, but it's, it's so much of everybody, and I don't think they're so much better than the Patriots right now and so much better than the Dolphins right now, I think. I said, I want an arms race. I want three teams battling it out every year for well, the my, AFC East. Well, I, you say that, but Miami, I think, has messed it up now. So I think Miami, Miami's out of the arms race. My, Miami's got fallen way back three the young now. quarterbacks. And, you know, Miami might change who their young quarterback is. One of, them, one of them's not a real quarterback. But one of them might, they might <laughs> so change. one year for Zach Wilson. <laughs> but, like, hey, wait, what if, what if your dream comes true, Dom, and they get Deshaun? Watson? Yes. Um, I've heard he wants to go wherever Flores goes. Well, but, well, Deshaun will never go to Miami now. Maybe. 
if this, if, this room, been, if this Flores rumor is true, well, let's say he goes there. Now it's definitely three teams beating on the Jets, looking for the AFC East maybe. every year, and that's awesome. Maybe, but I don't think the Bills will dominate like you think they will. I just don't. Okay, because it also at times this year they lost to the they lost to the Jags. They did. They did. They can they can overlook teams. They can be a bit hot and cold on a roller coaster, but they are so talented, man. But anyway, Dan, I'll give it to you. What, what is your reaction? Um, I think I think Sean McDermott's done a great job, and Brian Dabble does deserve a lot of credit. When you look at rookie and young quarterbacks, the offensive coordinator is so important to them, and what he has done with Josh Allen, it would worry me as a Buffalo fan if he left, because you look back, I'll, get, I'll use the Steelers as a... Um, Reference, Big Ben was amazing when Bruce Arians was the head coach there. He was at his best when he was taking hits, throwing the ball deep down the field, winning Super Bowls and getting to Super Bowls. Bruce Arians left and they kind of turned to this dink and dunk offense and they were never truly the same ever. Yes, they had Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell who could make people miss, but it was never really a great elite type of offense and never really fit Big Ben. Scheme-wise. Yes, scheme-wise. And, you know, who knows what happens. You mentioned Josh McDaniels and the Patriots. Charlie Weiss was there, was the offensive coordinator for the first three Super Bowls. He was so instrumental in getting Brady to where Brady was. It wasn't really Belichick. Now, Belichick, I'm sure, had a lot in, input in it. But it was Charlie Weiss, and, you know, they still remain friends to this day. But as for the Bills, I can't believe the safeties. Not one safety was a Pro Bowl. Yeah, I know. Because those safeties were amazing. I, I was surprised Hyde was not a pro bowler. But, um, but you know, I, I did. But we got, all know McDermott is good. What right. I'm saying is, are you seeing my point? Do you think that Buffalo is the first one that's now been able to, in a way, recreate what the Pats have done? Right. It, they have been able to recreate some of it. And I just wonder what Josh Allen's going to go back to when Dabble leaves. Mm-hmm. Are they going to try to be like, hey, you know, we're going to just. Throw it even more. We have Josh Allen. We just chuck the ball down the field all the time. Who cares? Another concern you have to have is Allen can run, yes. And he's a big guy. I get it. But those hits after a while take a toll on you. And, you know, next thing you know, you got a shoulder injury here. Your leg hurts here. And that they're going to have to eventually change something with the running game to say, hey, our quarterback's not our leading rusher. Hmm. And we'll see if they can do that. But I do, I do think Sean McDermott was a home run hit. If the Bills move on, like I think they will in the playoffs this year, he's going to be talked about as a top five coach, I think, in the league, if he's not already. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, the Bills are going to be a problem for a long time. As pertains to the Pats, I'm not sure. It, the whole Pats offseason is going to depend on Mac Jones and how much he can develop. We'll mm. see how far. If, I think if Mac Jones gets better and develops better, the offense as a whole will get better, and they'll be able to compete more with the Bills. And especially if this turns into a track meet, they may be able to be able to play those types of games with the Bills. Mm. Sounds good. Sounds good. I mean, you know, listen, the Pats have a chance to catch up eventually, but they're gonna have to make some serious changes over the next couple of years. Well, you say, do you think the Bills are now the next dynasty? No, I'm not saying it's a dynasty. Okay. Okay, I'm not saying this is a 20-year dynasty. I don't even know. Because, listen, the AFC is tougher than when the Pats were there. Back in their dynasty. Now, I guess we did do Peyton. The AFC sucks this year. We do beat Peyton Well, yeah, but you you have the Chiefs, though. 
and Mahomes. Yeah, but you got Justin Herbert and the Chargers, who eventually I'm sure will get it right. I'm just there's a lot more talented quarterbacks. I feel like now. Listen, granted, Justin Herbert gets it right every now, day. Now, exactly. But uh, the team does. Else does. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, we did have to go through Peyton Manning sometimes, and then there was those years with the Steelers and Big Ben. But I do feel like what the Bills face now is a little tougher than what the Pats faced. As great as Peyton was, sometimes I felt like we felt the Colts as an organization, you know, weren't always the best. Don't you think sometimes the, the coaching that Manning had was kind of like, yo, know, Peyton's kind of the coach? Yeah, he's a coach, but he had Dungy. For yeah, a long Dungy, time. Dungy was a pretty damn good coach. After Dungy was... Um, he, well, he was, but they had some bad defenses, I remember, that Peyton had to well, compromise you, for. So did Brady. Right. Well, you have to remember not, with the Colts. What they, later with Brady, not in the beginning. Uh, no, I mean the middle. Yeah. In the middle, mostly. You have to remember with the Colts, what they were doing, what they were building was all our cap money is going to go into the offense. We have to pay Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wade, Dallas Clark, uh, Edger and James, Jeff Saturday. You had to pay for all those guys constantly. The defense was just, we're going to draft guys, plug them in, and hope they work. And the only two defensive players I can really remember they ever paid for were um, Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. And their whole defense was, we're going to score more points than you, and we're going to put pressure on you, and constantly have your quarterback under duress because you have to throw. Mm. And when you play a smart team like the Patriots, or the Colts had a lot of difficulties against the Steelers as well because it was more of a physical grind of game. Yeah. So it was just more the way the Colts were built. And I don't blame them. You, you have a generational quarterback like Peyton Manning. You do the best you can with it. But yeah, no, I mean, I don't think the Colts were mis, weren't mismanaged until after Manning and Dungy left. Okay. Well, my point is just, I'm, it's not going to be a 20-year dynasty, but I think they're the first team in the NFL that has finally gotten the recipe correct and figured it out. They have the three things that made New England so great for so long. It's not going to be a 20-year dynasty, but they've hit it. They figured it out that the first one who have even started to recreate what New England did. I, I don't know. I feel like the Chiefs have been at least attempting at doing no, that for a Chiefs, couple years now. No, 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 no. The Chiefs are a totally different thing. They don't have the defense like that. No, I mean they they have an offensive coach, an offensive quarterback, no, a quarterback that's all over the place. But they sometimes. have that juggernaut team that's just you know, they're going to be they're there again this contention. year. Yeah, they're yeah gonna, they will always and, be in and contention. And next year, like I'm not, I don't care what the Chiefs do this offseason. I know they're going to be there next. They, w- they will, but they're not. But I'll, I'll make a prediction with you right now. I think the Bills last longer than the Chiefs do. At this point, mm. from what I'm seeing, I'm, in, I'm interested to see your prediction later in the show. Well, the yeah, one, we'll one, thing, one thing that might hurt the Chiefs though is Andy Reid's getting up there in age. Yeah, he's in his 60s already. Who knows how much longer he's going to go for? Mm. I mean, Bill's not young. But Bill already had a 20-year dynasty. Sure. I mean, I'm saying that Sean McDermott is much younger. He can yeah. go for a little bit longer. Yeah, McDermott will be there a while. You're right on Andy Reid. I also just think, I think Josh is better than Mahomes at his best. I think Josh is like an unstoppable force. When when he's dialed in right. I think I'm not saying crickets. I, I'm not saying today, right now, he's better, but give him another year or two. Mahomes gets dinged up sometimes. That right, might yeah. not get better. Yeah. But anyway. All right, I don't we, think that ever really gets better. No. All right, we can we can move on. All right, rapid fire news. Rapid Jesse. fire news. All right. I'm just gonna basically go over all the round one scores real quick. So yeah. buckle up. All right. First game Saturday. Bengals. They won their first game in 30 years in the playoffs. Congratulations. <laughs> 26-19 over the Raiders. I was wrong about that. I pick Raiders mm. for no other reason than 
I thought bungles were going to bungle, and this is a weird season. Oh, they almost did. <laughs> as weird as the season was, everything went exactly how I thought it would. What are you talking except, about? You had the Raiders winning. Except the Raiders, but like... You had Dallas winning. Yeah, but I, I really thought Dallas was going to lose. In my heart, I was like, Dallas is going to lose. We suck. Then why, I, why'd I, you pick Dallas on the I, show? Because the, I thought Evil would win. Okay. And uh, Kyle Shanahan, I thought, would... Kyle Shanahan, he almost did. Uh, anyway, Bills. Kick the crap out of the Patriots, 47-17. Uh, Sunday, Buccaneers won 31-15 over the Eagles. We're going to go over that later. Was it 31 yeah. or 37? 31. It was 31. Okay. Not that it matters. No. Yeah. It was 31 nothing at one point. Yeah. Uh, and 49ers beat the Cowboys. And maybe the only real interesting game that weekend, 23-17. Mm. Chiefs ended Big Ben's career. In a crushing fashion, forty-two to twenty-one. Yo, did you see? Did you see the thing that Barstool posted? What? That the message that came up after the last Chiefs touchdown? Oh, that they ran out of fireworks. Yeah, they ran out of fireworks. The really? Yeah, there was a yeah. message on the board apologizing to the fans. Yeah, like, we have run out of fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> and that, uh, rest in peace, Big Ben. Uh, then Monday, we had a Monday game, which pushed this show to Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rams Cardinals. Cardinals kind of shouldn't have been there. Probably not. Rams 34 11 over the Cardinals. Another year where the Cardinals, second half, just ain't it. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, Kyler Murray did his best uh, Carson Wentz, Matt Stafford impression. Yeah. What, what, what was it What was it this year with these very high leverage notable ones that happen where guys just getting spun in the end zone and deciding to chuck the ball up into the air. There's something about this new age of NFL <laughs> quarterbacks and I know Matt Stafford's been here for a while but he maybe he's feeling young with the Rams in LA that like something about they just trust their arms a little too much and trust their abilities sometimes a little too much that I'm well, just Kyler was clearly just trying to get rid of that one but it was just like at that point sure, bro, you don't want to eat it it's over you don't want to take the safety and Matt Stafford did that one time too yeah How, if, you're, if you're gonna chuck actually, it up like that from your own end zone you're probably giving up seven not two so just well, live with the fact that you gave up two at you, worst it's intentional grounding in the end zone which is a safety anyways yeah there was absolutely nothing good that was going to come of that situation. That's not true. The minute I he, got a good laugh. <laughs> the minute that he got hit, it was going to be at best a safety, and then at worst, what happened, which yeah, they, was a pick six. They all watched Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl getting spun around and still throwing it. Hey, he didn't do it from his, his own end zone. Hit his receivers <laughs> in the hands, and they think, I can do that. He didn't do it from his own end zone. That's not the point. <laughs> they think, I can do that. I can make that throw. All right. Anyway. Uh, this feels like it happened a lifetime ago, but it actually happened in between shows. Joe Judge has been fired. Actually, yeah. excuse me, they parted ways. Oh, okay. And actually, to be honest, after, I mean, really thinking about it, seeing that uh, QB sneak on third and nine near your own goal line, I kind of think he didn't want to be the coach of the Giants anymore. <laughs> that makes sense to me. If you're running that play, I feel like you don't want to be the coach of that team anymore. Or they, Maybe. Told, or they told him at this point, just lose another game. Maybe. Let's have a better draft. You. Well, let's have a better draft spot. All right. Speaking of firing, Mike Mayock has been fired by the Raiders. Yes, they're getting a new GM. However, the coach still remains for now. But they are rumored that they are looking, and actually, a rumored name is Gerard Mayo. 
Oh, okay. That's an Uber name they're interested in. Interesting. Yes, I saw that last night. Uh, also, a little last piece of football news. Uh, I have a quote from AB. Oh, geez. Um, when, he was, when he was speaking about his incident uh, in his final game with the Bucks, he says, it probably wasn't necessary or professional. Probably not. Anyway. You don't, you don't do that? You, 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 that's not how you quit a job? I didn't take my shirt off. <laughs> I kept my shirt on. But did you also hear the thing we said about Brady? He said, goes, he said Brady, a lot of Brady. Yeah, he goes, Brady didn't care about me as <laughs> Yeah, he's a not my he friend. Only, yeah, he only cared me for football. And then later he's like, oh, you guys misinterpreted that. <laughs> he just says crazy stuff. He's, he's, yeah. he's tapped. Right. Yeah. Anyway, final piece of rapid-fire news. This has been a long rapid-fire news. Uh, not quite rapid-fire today. No. Anyway, Bruins tonight are going to retire the number 22 for Willie O'Ree, uh, the man who broke the color barrier in the NHL. Oh, okay. So he's getting his reti- uh, number retired tonight. All right. Uh, and all right, that has been rapid fire news. With that, we can move on. Yes. Talk about uh, a tragic incident this weekend. Uh, Mac Jones and the Patriots were <laughs> murdered uh, in upstate New York this weekend on live television. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> I think their body was dragged around the field at some point too. Yeah, and uh, to be honest, after 20 years of just eating the Patriots' ass, I don't blame them. I don't blame the Bills for. Just absolutely snapping and taking out all their frustration in one game. Yeah. I hope they enjoyed it. Because that, what Dom said isn't going to happen. Okay. However, that game was a microcosm of a lot of what we said was the Patriots' problems throughout the year, all rearing their ugly head at once. Mm. And the run defense, I mean, the defense in general was awful. The secondary has been pretty good this year, but they got torched by yeah. Torched is a great word by you know, <laughs> Diggs, Knox, um, Sanders even at one point, Isaiah McKenzie again. Yeah. Uh, we made Devin Singletary look like a real <laughs> NFL running back again. We made Josh Allen ran over all over us as well. Everything went awful on that side of the ball. Our first drive was good, didn't end well. And that was about it. I told you. I sent you the text, too. As soon as he threw that pick, I knew. Which was a great play. It was a great play by Hyde. But I was like, oh, this game's over. You could just tell from how almost shell-shocked the Pats looked after the first Bills drive. I was like, and how good that Pats drive was going. I was like, all right, if they answer, all right, I feel all right. And then when they didn't because they got that pick, I was like, I think this game might be over. Yeah. And it, I mean, it basically was because then the next drive, Bills went right down. Seven drives, seven touchdowns. I guess eight drives, seven touchdowns, one kneel down. Yeah. But pathetic. It was bad. It was bad. Dan, did you, after that pick, did you feel like the game was over too? I didn't think it was over. I thought our defense was going to be able to make a stop or at least hold them to a field goal. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just, it was like they were, the defense played scared. You watched their pass rush. There was no pass rush. They were all sitting there going, okay, Josh, okay, Josh, we're going to give you all day. Just you know, just don't run around us. When he did run around, you have Matt Judon looking completely lost. Like, oh, there goes Josh Allen. Maybe I should try stopping him or not, I guess. It was just like they played scared. And I don't know if it was the weather. I don't know if they just knew that this build seems better than us or what. But it was just... It was shocking to see them. It was like an uninspired performance by them, and that shocked me to no end. And uh, yeah, 
The first drive with the Patriots was great. Till Brandon Bolden dropped that ball. And you talk about missing James White. That was huge right there. Mm. And But it was just like, okay, you know what? They got that turnover. It was kind of like a punt. Fine. We'll see if we can stop on this drive. And then I think it was the second touchdown where it was just like, crap. This is just not going to be our night. Because you thought, like, we moved the ball. Okay. They got a touchdown. Then we went three and out. And it was like... Uh, do I really want to start watching this now? And <laughs> No, I, I turned it off at halftime. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I mean, come on. No, I, I, guess I thought so. about it. And I then, thought about it. And let me ask you guys this. You keep talking about Gerard Mayo as a potential hiring candidate. <clears throat> if you saw that defensive performance, aren't you kind of second-guessing that? You can't take one game it, in the NFL and extrapolate it out to everything. Didn't Detroit hire Matt Patricia after Super Bowl 52? That worked out well. It did. <laughs> it, hey, worked, well. it worked they out the, well. They beat worked. the Patriots that one time. <laughs> it worked out well for us because we got Flores as defensive coordinator. Our defense actually got better. Yes, we that's did, true. We did win a Super Bowl after that. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, so, yeah, that, that was. Oh, sorry. One, absolutely <laughs> awful. One last thing that the thing. It was just the lack of speed the Patriots. I was don't have. I was just about to get to that. Either side of the ball. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, and we talked about. Well, first, actually, I want to get the first thing. You mentioned this to me, actually through a text, and I agreed. After the first drive, the rules be damned. I'm not trying to say you take somebody's head off and get them injured, but you gotta just take a shot at Josh Allen and just accept the penalty. In my opinion, at least one or two. You yeah. have to make him pay for running around and extending plays that much. Yeah, to make him second guess. Yes, yeah, not to exactly. hurt him. To make him. No, no, I'm not. I'm not about taking people out of a game. But you have to make him feel something. Mean, this this you, is still a physical game, especially on the defensively. Still, kind of a game of intimidation. It really is. And you have to make him pay for holding onto the ball too long, running around, and extending a play. Yeah, you have to make him earn those. Yards. I will accept taking two 15-yard penalties in that game early in the game to just try and put the fear of God into him a little bit. Make him second guess a little bit. No, I get that. Yeah. I understand that. I mean, like, again, you don't go for his knees or his head or anything. No. A nice no, shot him, to the butt. Even, yeah. even if it's like, you know. Chest. He, I, yeah, chest. But I mean, even, even if, like, okay, he's running towards the end zone, you have someone running full speed and you make contact with him. If you take a 15-yard penalty, you take a 15-yard penalty. Or maybe he, he takes one step out of bounds and you keep that shoulder going. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can do that, too. Like, I'm just saying, you, you could have done something yeah. to make him uncomfortable. He was, again, that's why he, the Pats played scared. Like, yes. it was just completely, we don't want him running around. But, yeah, he ran around anyways. Oh, we're not going to hit him. Why? Because we're scared of 15 yards. Really? Yeah. I, I, the lack of speed on offense is well documented. We all know it. I want to get into the defensive part because there are three people now that I think you question if they're older, they've been here for a long run, and like, is it over? And that's Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, and Devin McCourty. Because, listen, the whole team looked bad, but those three, Hightower, I feel like, has kind of looked bad all year. Van Noy not the best sometimes, and McCourty looked slow against Buffalo. So I'm just wondering if not only do we need a bit of an overhaul on some of the weapons on offense, but if we're going to have to need a bit of an overhaul on the uh, defensive side as well. So, Dan, I'm going to let you start. Uh, absolutely. McCourty's like 36-something yeah. years old. Yeah, he's... 
probably long too long in the tooth. Hightower, you're right. You know, he opted out last year, and I think that raised some questions of how much serious, how serious he is still is about playing football. And again, not that you question the guy. The guy won three Super Bowls already. He's made a ton of money. He's been to a Pro Bowl. What more does he really have to prove? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have an interesting staff though for Van Noy. He was actually second on the team in sacks this year. Oh, really? Yeah, with a grand total of five. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> but so yeah, the defense is getting old. You need, you know, you you watch the Cowboys even the other night, and you see Micah Parsons. Now I know Micah Parsons might be a once in a generation linebacker, but you see a speed guy. You guy can get sideline and sideline. You don't, have to, you don't even have to just look at Micah Parsons, though. Look at the D-line. Look at Gregory and Lawrence. Right, they got need, plenty of speed. You needed someone that can run with a quarterback and Josh Allen. You need someone who can cover a running back out of the backfield. They don't have that. Mm-hmm. And it was so glaring, and I think that was the problem with this matchup, was you have a Bills team that's seen you twice already. They see that slowness on the film. Like, we can exploit it with a... Mike Singletary, and it's just Isaiah McKenzie on some of those jet sweeps too. Right. Like I think, I think it's the, I think it's speed at linebacker that is that is the problem. Is we don't have a great or even really good linebacker anymore, and it's you know the days of the big, the high high tower type guys are just they're they're going away if they're not gone already. Yeah. Well, actually, I did look up the ages. Uh, McCordy is thirty four. <laughs> Dante Hightower is only thirty one. But uh, him skipping a year, I, I feel like that. And he's had injuries. You no, know, yeah, he's, he's, had a he's lot always been kind of injury prone a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Van Noy is 30. And actually, Kyle Van Noy is one where I definitely was like, I, I want, maybe not want, but if he comes back, I'll be like, all right. Dante Hightower, I think, is done. And I did look up Jamie Collins as well. He's 32. Mm. I know he didn't play a lot this year, but like he's just a guy that keeps coming back, it seems. Mm. Uh, Devin McCourty. He's always actually been, like, our fastest defensive guy. And, I mean, when you're 34, I expect you to lose a step or two. (laughs) Um, But I don't even know. Like, he looked... I don't want to say, like, confused out there because he's such a veteran and he's always been, like, uh, one of, like, the captains of this defense. But he, at, at times, he looked like maybe the Patriots asked him to do too much. Like you kind of at times like you, they would uh, some of the deeper throws I'd see McCordy just like almost in between two guys unsure of which one to take as they're both kind of going deep and he doesn't know what to do mm. so I don't know maybe maybe it was some of those schemes that they thought up it just got uh, the safeties confused mm. for the Patriots but I I don't know uh-huh. McCordy McCordy is usually a lot better than what we saw and yeah. I don't know. One question I do have about the game, though, is they're going back to the linebackers. Where was, like, Uche? Like, oh, he's, he's a younger, faster, more athletic linebacker. Why wasn't he in the game more? I know, like, he, he's dealt with a couple injuries this year. I wonder maybe that had a little bit to do with that. Maybe. maybe. I do think Hightower, you probably move on. Um, McCordy, I'd still give another year. And then Van Noy, you might keep, but make him sort of a one-trick pony. Like, blitz packages and stuff like that. Because um, I don't think he can cover a running back anymore, or set the edge, and you know, like get to a spot before somebody Nobody else does. Nobody can set the edge. Yeah, and I, so I do think if you keep Van Noy, he becomes, like I said, kind of a, a Maybe what Chris gadget. Long was a couple yeah, years ago. Kind of, yeah, like that. He becomes a third becomes, down guy. Yeah, rushing the passer mostly, that kind of stuff. But anyway, so but one last thing, you know, for the Pats moving forward. 
and, and this is something, this is not new. I think most people who understand this knew this was going to be a problem. I've said it earlier in the year. They just have to figure out a way to be explosive. And until they do, they will be second fiddle to Buffalo. Because what they usually do is they can outcoach teams, get in situational football, force mistakes, and be better in situational football. But this Buffalo Bills team is extremely well coached, and they have far more offensive firepower that can be explosive, whereas New England cannot. New England can't overcome mistakes. Jacoby Myers is a third wide receiver everywhere else. And we've been saying this for years, and I'm worried that they just structurally, institutionally, they just have no ability to do it. The same way the Bears can't figure out offense and, you know, it seems like the Chiefs sometimes can't figure out defense and stuff like that. Just in that organization, Belichick, the scouting, they just can't find explosive offensive players. Even when we were winning a ton of games with Brady, other than like the Randy Moss years and that one year with Corey Dillon, I feel like we never really had special offensive pieces even then. And to me, it's only gotten worse. So, they will be second fiddle to Buffalo for a while until they can change that. They must find a way to be explosive. They cannot overcome mistakes, and they're not going to outcoach Sean McDermott and the Bills all the time. So, Just a quick question. You mentioned Josh McDaniels has been there since he was 12 years old or whatever. He's been in the system forever. Do you think, this is just a quick question, do you think maybe Bill, he won't do this, but needs to bring someone from the outside to help them with the offense to get a different perspective. I have uh, kind of felt that Josh McDaniels has lost his touch for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like offense has Stagnated. adapted in the NFL, and he has not adapted with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that, you know, you have a quarterback, the same guy for 20 years. I mean, I know he wasn't the offensive coordinator for 20 years, but uh, the same quarterback was in the organization for 20 years. The offense isn't going to change all that much, especially when he is very physically inept in terms of movement. Um, so I don't blame him that much, but at some point, you got to look at your offense to be like, what we're doing isn't working. Sure, the run game was pretty good, and like that has been their bread and butter the past couple years, even when Brady was here the past few years. But most of that is they still can't. It's a receiver that they really can just never find. Hmm. Bill actually somewhat has an eye for finding running backs, it seems, even hmm. some of the crappier ones. Like, remember, like, uh, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis? Yeah. 1,000-yard rusher. Mm-hmm. Like, nowhere else, I think, than the Patriots would that work. But that's just because Bill can kind of find those guys. Hmm. But wide receiver is really where, like, I like Kendrick Bourne. You're right, Jacoby Myers. I mean, he's cheap. He's a decent third, maybe fourth option. I like Hunter Henry. Maybe John New Smith can figure it out next year as the number two tight end. Mm-hmm. They tried things with him. Maybe Josh. They like the two tight end offense. Mm. Remember uh, when they had Gronk and he would not be named? Yes. That was some, one of the best offenses the Patriots <clears throat> ever ran. I'm, I'm gonna. I I see your point, and I think it's valid. But I, I'm going to give McDaniel still a pass for now because I just I don't understand how you can change that offense when you don't have the pieces, and they don't have they don't have the pieces to run some of these more modern offenses. They just don't. Sure. And, and don't I mean don't forget too we had a rookie quarterback. Yes. They limited from like the first six games of the year. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to frame this as if it's a failure. This is listen. It's hard to make the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. Mac look better. Bill. This isn't on Bill. This isn't on McDaniel's. Like they're not. They're not bums. They didn't forget how to coach. This is a successful season still for New England. I just think, unfortunately, you have Buffalo in your division, 
and the way the last two games went, uh, it means you're second fiddle for a while. Actually, three of the last four. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I will say may, there needs to be some change to offensive coaching personnel. Okay. To maybe, yes, help Up Josh McDaniels. Change or something. Yes. Okay. Well, but they do, maybe it's also some scouting in terms of drafting these wide receivers. Because how many wide res- great wide receivers have been drafted in the past couple of years? A lot. And it's the Pats have... Like two every year at least. And how many have we skipped? All of them. How many, well, how many did we miss from Nikhil Harry? Uh... We, we missed we Debo. Went, we went over this already. Yeah. yeah. Debo, A.J. Brown, I think, D.K. Mm-hmm. Metcalf. D.K. Metcalf. Yeah. There's quite a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Not good at all. All right. So with that, we are going to move on to the next one. <clears throat> Dallas and the Niners. We them boys. Dallas is going home practicing their golf swing. And you know what? I have a different take. On this, and I'm actually kind of glad that we did this later now because if I could watch all the reactions to you know different talk show hosts and stuff like that to this game, I am getting sick of the media narrative after this game that Dallas choked again. Oh my gosh! I don't think Dallas choked. I think the Niners are just the better football team. I called this almost a month ago after Dallas had played the Giants during the regular season. I was bailing on Dallas, especially because if the playoffs started then, they had to face the 49ers. The 49ers are just the better football team. It's actually Shanahan and Garoppolo who almost gagged this game away. San Francisco was the better team the whole way through. San Francisco was the better team, win healthy, most of the season. Okay, Dallas beat two playoff teams all year. Philadelphia and the Pats. Uh, how'd they do in the playoffs? Yeah? Okay. They got, they both got blown out. Dallas was 6-0 and against the NFC East, one of the worst divisions in football. 6-5 and against the rest of the league. Oh, the one great division in football they played, the AFC West, they were 1-3. Losing to the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Broncos. Um, Dallas is 27th in the regular season in penalties. That reared its ugly head in that playoff game. How many? Did they get like 14, 14. 15? penalties for like 90 yards on the flip side the san francisco 49ers who by the way dealt with injuries to garoppolo multiple times this year and had to play the backup far more than dak was ever hurt i think dak missed one game but that's it and they won that game they did win that game um <clears throat> san francisco beat three playoff teams the Bengals, the rams and philly they faced both number one seeds in the afc and nfc losing to the titans by just three losing to the packers by two um, San Francisco is third in total defense. San Francisco is seventh in penalties. And San Francisco allows 21.3 point, uh, points per game. Dallas coming in on an even 21. But that's with the Miners having to deal with Matt Stafford and the Rams, Kyler Murray over there in the Cardinals. And I know the Seahawks had a disappointing season, but when Wilson was healthy, Wilson can still put up points. They have to deal with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks far better offensive division than Dallas did and they're almost the same giving up points per games. San Francisco was far more physical San Francisco was more battle tested and played in tougher conference I am hating the media narrative here on this. Dallas didn't choke this game away. This is exactly what Dallas was. San Francisco is the better football team I mean I feel vindication on this game I know what I said. I said <laughs> Dallas was going to win. But I didn't. I mean, I don't think San Francisco is that great of a football team either. I don't say they're amazing, but they're better than Dallas. Not the point. Uh, what I just feel, I've said all year, even before the year, people were talking, oh, man, 
Jerry fixed mm-hmm. them. He fixed the Cowboys. <laughs> Whatever, bro. Why with Diggs giving up the most yards uh, from all cornerbacks in the league? Yeah, he is overrated. Great. You have all those interceptions. Congratulations. Whatever. Um, this is one of the most overrated teams I've seen in a long time. And I said it the whole year. I was just waiting for it. Uh, sure, you have all these names. And maybe the reason is the coach. Maybe the coach is why all these, we'll get into that. these people can't get it together. I don't know what it is. Maybe they're just the wrong people. Mm. It's not about who's good. It's about who's right. So well, I do want to give them credit, though, because their defense is pretty good, and it's, it was way better than it was last year. Oh, and the offense at times looked fantastic. Well, I, I feel like the offense is the same as it always they were also, And this is actually a point that um, I think we talked about last week about point differential mm-hmm. and how much I think it is one maybe the most overrated stat in the NFL. Cowboys were second in point differential in the NFL. Yeah, because they destroyed their terrible division. Yeah. Patriots were third. Bills were first. Do you think those are the top three teams in the NFL? Well, Bills might be one of the top three. Maybe one of the top three. Yeah. Maybe. The other two clearly but, are not. But to be honest, I don't think... A, I don't think... Uh, this is a little off topic. I don't think Bills are the best team in the AFC, and they're the, the NFC is better. So. I got that. I got but that. anyway, point differential doesn't matter. Yeah. This team is just one of those teams that would put up a bunch of points when against crappy teams when they could. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, you play in one of the worst divisions in football. Congratulations beating up on the football team, the Gi- the little Giants. The Commanders, remember? We're uh, jumping the gun on okay, this. Commanders. Yes. I, I actually like the football team, by the way. I do, too. I, I, don't I like it better do. than the Commanders. Yes. But, but now the joke is he, he came out and said that is one of the leaning ones that it seems like it's going to be. So we're like, no, we're going to play our flag here right now. <laughs> the we're going to be the first one to consistently keep calling them this. But I agree. Washington football team is better. Yes. But like, I just want I just feel vindication that like this team was not good. This team was not a 12 and 5 team in reality. No. This you let up 169 yards rushing. You gave 14 penalties. Uh, and you expect to win that game? I don't I don't care that you I mean 23 points isn't bad. But you're never going to win giving up almost 200 yards rushing, especially when your own rushing attack kind of sucks now. Mm. Mm. They should just give it to Pollard at this point. Dan, do you have any reactions to my take on that game? Well, I mean, I I remember being here and saying after they lost to the Broncos horribly that I was off the Cowboys train anyways, Mm -hmm. and saying that they were the weakest division winner in the NFC. But I think... I. I know we're going to talk about Mike McCarthy later. It's just so hard not to look at and go, you know, how many targets does C.D. Lamb have? Like one, two? Yeah, not, not, like, not even that many. Like, you couldn't even give him, like, okay, that, that, I think, I don't, I, I think the Cowboys are more talented than the 49ers. I think the 49ers use their talent, utilize it much better. You see Debo Sander getting the ball on jet sweeps or running it up the middle. They're giving their playmakers the ball. You couldn't have ran Lamb on a sweep or, or something like that. You couldn't have tried to do something oh, that, a little different. That like, that pitch play on a third and short to Debo was a thing of beauty. It was, again, they had the running back moving one way, so you think it's going to go that way. And then you have Debo come around the back and he gets the, the, the toss like exactly, he's a halfback. Exactly. And, you know, the Cowboys, you know, the defense, especially in the second half, played well enough to win that game. And <clears> does it fall on Dak because he didn't have a great game? Maybe. A little bit. But it's just those penalties, like you, like you watch, the 49ers are trying to bleed out the clock, 
and you had was Lawrence tackling an offensive lineman who's not even near the play. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just bonehead moves after bonehead moves. And I remember texting you as a joke. Is there a meeting with Mike McCarthy looking up? Because every time there's something going on, he's staring up, rolling his little paper there, staring up at the giant scoreboard, going, huh? What's going on? Um, you know, it's it's just... I, I do think Cowboys were a more talented team. I think if you swapped the head coaches, I think the Cowboys would probably win that game. They might. Easily. They might. They might. I don't know. I, I do think... I think you can make the argument that the Niners are still a better team. And, and, than the I think Dallas just pops off the TV. Sensational perimeter speed. Fast pass rush. But I think the secondaries are kind of even. I think the Niners' front is better than Dallas's because I think Dallas's is really good at rushing the passer and terrible on uh, and, on the run. I think the Niners are at least solid at both. And I, you had to, I forgot to mention this too. Though, the Dallas offense really didn't get going until Bosa got hurt. And uh, exactly, who uh, the other two players to the 49 got hurt. And uh, at that point, Dak actually had time to throw. Like that offensive line for the Cowboys has aged, I think, like ten years right in front of our eyes. Yeah, and, and that was the strength of that team for the longest time. Yeah, and, and the, the two big things that you can go with, right? Also, for why I'm so vindicated, like I really think San Francisco is a better team. Quarterback, coach. Now I know you don't love Shanahan, but scheme wise and stuff, he's good. I'd rather Shanahan than McCarthy. That's what I'm saying. But I'd I think, rather Dak I think, than Garoppolo. I don't. But here's would, here's my here's my thing. I would say Shanahan is a B plus coach to an A minus. Maybe a B plus because sometimes in big situations he can drive you wild. And Garoppolo's about a B minus quarterback. The gap <laughs> the gap between honestly, do you think the gap between Garoppolo and Dak is larger than the gap between Shanahan and Mike McCarthy? That's pretty close. I, it's, uh, what? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, did you did you see some of those misses Garoppolo had? Yes, Garoppolo they, can be an airhead was, sometimes. It wasn't like he was under pressure either. He just and a lot of his passes were hot, were high, were hot, like constant. Yeah. Maybe it was the hand injury. I don't know. We found out he actually sprained his throwing shoulder too. Yeah, he wasn't so, even healthy. Right, but then again, Dak didn't have the benefit of running for nearly two hundred yards either. Okay. I, I, think, I, 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 think, I think the gap between Shanahan and McCarthy is the Grand Canyon. See, I, I think it's... I don't. I don't. I think <laughs> Shanahan's a much better schemer coming up with game plans. What does Mike McCarthy do? They both have oh, terrible Mike, end game management. Right, no, oh, yes. We're going to go right into this right now, all right? We don't even need to go over the, the, the game. I'll say one last thing. Garoppolo is an airhead. They, do, they will move on from to Trey Lance because Garoppolo does some stuff sometimes that's just high school football stuff. <laughs> that pick was terrible. Why the heck are you not waiting for Trent Williams to get set before you call that QB sneak? That that was Bush League high school football stuff. He can be a complete airhead sometimes. So I will say that. That's another big reason they need to move on to Trey Lance and they will. However, let's get into the Mike McCarthy stuff right now. What does McCarthy actually do? Kellen Moore has most of the control of the offense, and Dan Quinn, we know, has total autonomy on the defense. And he can't manage a clock well. What does McCarthy do? He messed up clock management at the end of the first half, too. Uh, that, and you just answered it. Mike McCarthy does two <laughs> things very well. He kisses Jerry Jones' ass, and he's great at hiring other people to do his job. <laughs> I mean, we, we've kind of had this conversation every time that the yes. Cowboys have had a bad game. 
I'm like, what, what's this man doing here? And we, we, we speculate maybe he's a culture guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he's just really good with players and stuff like that and personality. Just, he, can just, he can just build a community somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's like a Forrest Gump out there. He's just, everyone <laughs> likes him. Uh, but I know that's not true because Aaron Rodgers doesn't. But Aaron well, Rodgers doesn't like anybody. I was going to say, Rodgers doesn't like a lot of people. Um, and, I mean, I think the Cowboys kind of should move on from him. Do I think... I mean, maybe that'll fix all your problems, but like, I, I don't know. Like, the cow, Jerry just kind of looks. I feel like Jerry's maybe should step down from GM too. If you want to go there, well, yeah, so that's, that's never gonna, that's never going to happen. No, I know, but uh, I know Jerry is an impatient guy. So, and uh, there's a there's so much talk. You think I don't even think Jerry might like him and want him to be back, but there's so much talk that might get in his ear and it's just like stop talking about my team. He's out of here. Well. Hmm. Oh. Um, I, 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 I mean, he was very patient with Jason Garrett. Garrett got almost ten years. All right, that is true. I guess if like no, it, he can kind of be patient with coaches sometimes. If you, I, he likes you, yes. Mm-hmm. You, I guess if you're enough of a, a yes man, and right, that's what Jerry Jones. He wants a guy. Maybe that, that that's been Jerry Jones's problem is he wants a coach that's going to sit there and say yes sir, yes sir, no sir, okay sir, yes sir, and that's what he wants. He doesn't want. He had Bill Parcells, who was a great head coach. Rated him out. Why? Because he, Bill Parcells, didn't say yes all the time. I think there was another guy. I think it was Sean Payton, who was an offense coordinator for Bill Parcells, <clears throat> has said, "No, I will not. I will not be a head coach for Jerry Jones because he's too much involved in everything." And well, it's GM. Well, yeah. I, and, yeah, but I don't, some, I don't think right, owners should then, be GMs. No, he no. shouldn't be. And. You know, I wonder, you know, he might look and say, oh, like, Kellen Moore might be a, a head coach. And I don't want to lose him. Dan Quinn might be a head coach somewhere else. And I don't I'm going to get him. into that, too. Right? And, okay. So, you know, he could be doing something like that. But, yeah, he needs someone that's he needs someone that's a disciplinary and someone that can step in. Because that team really doesn't need a lot. It no, just it doesn't. Needs, it, it, doesn't. Just, it just needs someone to be smart schematically. He needs someone to be disciplined, say, the, you know, we're not going to go for these penalties. These dumb, you know, hands. Hey, it's third and long. Let's do a hands to the face. Like, we're not going to sit here and accept that type of stuff. Yeah. And, and here's, I feel like the last two shows I'm coming off as, like, super impatient with coaches, even though I feel like I'm more patient usually. But there are just two. There are two here that have just driven me crazy. I said stay leave and after one year should be fired. And here's the next one. I think you're in a unique position with Mike McCarthy <clears throat> where – because you already have the answer in-house, they should fire him. If you didn't feel confident that you had the answer in-house, then I wouldn't do it just because at least you're winning games and you're making the playoffs and like you can get worse in the NFL. Um, I mean, most of the coaching hires are bombs. They Most most of them get fired and they, they're whiffs. But I think this is the perfect opportunity for Dallas. You elevate Dan Quinn to head coach, keep Kellen Moore on offense, total autonomy on the offense. Dan Quinn's done an amazing job with what was one of the worst defenses in football just a year ago. Um, so I think that's why you should move on from McCarthy. And don't forget, one of Dallas's best performances, we can debate how good the Saints are, it was when Mike McCarthy had COVID and was sitting in a hotel room when Dan Quinn ran that game. Oh they yeah, de- I forgot about that. They destroyed the Saints that game. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, guys, we are going to take a quick break, and then we will move on to just covering some of the last two playoff games we want to talk about: Philly, Bucks, uh, Cincy, and Vegas. And then we'll move on to our 
predictions and how we see the next round going. So stick with us, guys. Quick break. We are back from our break, mm-hmm. and it's time for an early Tom Brady update. Yes. We're going to talk a little Bucks eagles Not a lot, because the game was not exciting. No. But Tom Brady did his thing. He made he got revenge on the Eagles, as mm. people want to say, because people have to make big deals about all of that thing. Oh, they played the Eagles <coughs> in the Super Bowl and lost, and now Brady's playing them again. Did you see the, the at the end of the game, Tom Brady made a catch on the sideline from one of Jalen Hurts' passes? Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. And he was all celebrating, and it was kind of funny. Tom's having a good time, winning games. I'm moving on. It's what he does in the playoffs. <laughs> and someone had to bring up, it's like, oh, he finally caught one against the Eagles. <laughs> like, ah, got to bring that up. Got to bring it up. <laughs> but made the Eagles look foolish. And at the same time, when we're going to talk about the Bucks, sure, we expected this. Mm-hmm. However, at the same time, I feel disappointed in the Bucks, personally. Because was the defense better than I expected, especially because the defense has been kind of bad this year? Yes, but you played the Eagles, so I'm a little eh about it. And the offense, despite the fact that you technically be- beat them up, you only did because you shut them out for the most part. At times, the offense, I don't know, you looked like you were playing a, a team that wasn't the Eagles, but you were playing the Eagles. I don't know. I feel like you should be a little worried if you're the Bucks in their offense. I think they should be worried because of injuries, but if, there's nothing about that performance that made me worried. I think Tom I, was Tom, but they, just the offense was out. Yeah, but I told you this. It came into a point halfway through the second quarter where it was obvious. I think we all knew, okay, Philly's, Philly's not going to score. They're not going to move the ball. So I think Tampa was just like, alright, no dumb stuff, no more risks, we have a lead, the Eagles can't score on us. And they didn't. They didn't score till the fourth quarter when the game was well over. So I think I think they, they, they coasted on that offense after a while. A little bit, but Tom still likes to push. He doesn't make foolish pushes, but he still likes to push. And I think they realized that would have like been a foolish table. I think that would they realized that would have been a foolish push. They put that offense in neutral. Ah, I, I think they did after after the injuries they were getting on the offensive line. It was kind of like, what's the point of putting at risk of anything at this point? This game's over. Um, worst injury actually. You know, they said he's a game-time decision probably for next week. That's a huge potential blow. Mm-hmm. The center got hurt, but he came back, so I think he'll be okay. Um, but, no, I, I think from this game it was Brady looked a little off on the first drive. They were aided by this bull roughing the passer call. Um, but the defense, you mentioned injuries. The defense got healthy. It got JPP back. It got Shaq Barnett back. It got – is it – was it White the one the linebacker that was injured? Yeah. They got a lot of big pieces back in that front seven. 
and it was noticeable in that uh, stopping that run game, which was starting to become a question for them and mm-hmm. later in the season. So I think there's a lot of good signs for the Bucks in that game. Again, the offense is a work in progress. Progress. Brady's got to quickly develop with some of those other receivers. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. Here's, here's the last thing I will say. I, we're going to be quick. Everyone knows my opinion, so I don't even need to say mine. Eagles, do they need to think about drafting another quarterback or trying to get a quarterback on the market? No. Yes. Thank you. Running quarterbacks are not working in this league. Not solely running. And I don't even think it's that. It's just the fact that Jalen was not a good thrower of the football even in college. So why did you think it was going to get better in the NFL? I think scheme-wise, they've done a really good job. They're physical. And so they can beat some lesser teams. But the minute they go up against a good team, it's just obvious. Like They made the playoffs. So Jalen Hurts can't throw the football. All right. I, I do have one more Tom Brady stat. All right. Uh, this game was the 10th time he beat an NFC team in the playoffs. Okay. Tying Aaron Rodgers for 10 wins against NFC teams in the playoffs. Mm. So, Actually, there was another stat they had the game. I think it was like when you combined all the other quarterbacks in the playoffs, they still didn't have as many playoff starts as Brady. Oh, I think I did see that. Mm. Which is just... Yeah. What a... What an old man. I know. All right, so next, Cincy Vegas, real quick. Uh, great for Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, I think Zach Taylor deserves some more credit. I feel like we only talk about Jason Burrow, but it's weird sometimes coaches we want to give credit to and coaches we don't. Um, but this is great for Cincinnati. Yeah. Great for the Bengals. Great for that organization. We were uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, it'll be one and done, though. Um, you know, these baby steps, baby steps. Uh, but they're not beating the Titans. They're not an elite roster. They're probably the weakest of all the division winners. Um, but good good for Cincinnati. Uh, I was not that impressed with their performance against Vegas, though. What a boring game. It, it kind of was. Oh, my God, it was a slog. <laughs> it was a slog. That second quarter was just the second and third quarter were just brutal. The Raiders tried really hard to lose that game on their own with all the penalties and stupid. I feel like every time they got a good run, it was a hold. I don't know why Jacobs didn't yeah, run. Literally every uh, single one. I don't know why they didn't have Jacobs run the ball more than they did, though. They had Derek Carr pass way too much with not even great weapons. So, yeah, I'm not super impressed with Cincy, but they're going in the right direction. That's all I have to say about that game. Yeah. I, he did have 54 passes attempted. Derek Carr did in that game. That's too many. But, uh, you know, same thing. Good for Cincy. I'm yeah. so happy for you. I saw your city. Yes. This year. Mm-hmm. I saw your stadium. I I wasn't in it, but like I drove, we drove by it. Oh, the football stadium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, this is the team I kind of want to win and come out of the AFC. Do I think you're gonna? No, <laughs> no. But like, this is the team of destiny. Everyone's riding Joe Burrow. Maybe the coolest quarterback in the NFL. The coolest quarterback. Mm, okay. Blood and I, uh, he's got ice water in his veins, even though he didn't have to be clutch this time. <clears throat> no. But like, he's just so. He's just the guy. I get it. He's got a swag about him. He does. He just he, does. Ma- he makes me like Cincy. Like this team is so likable. I they feel. Are. Except if you find out some of their past and like Joe Mixon's past and stuff like that. But let's not talk about that. Uh, I don't know. This I this is maybe my most likable team in the playoff right now. Mm, okay. And whoever wins this Titans Bengals game, that's why I want to win the Super Bowl. Okay. We'll see. All right. So we were going to actually, yeah, you didn't have anything to say really on that, did you? Uh, just no, it was just good for Cincinnati to be and see that environment they got to play in was great. 
they almost blew it. They didn't get those touchdowns early in the fir- early in the game. They should have really ran the Raiders out of the stadium. They didn't. Yeah, they really should have ran um, the Raiders so, out of that was, stadium. You know, it's learning. You, you they take almost the, bungled. Right, and, and they, you know, that's a great. This is great learning for them. You put the you put the foot down when you can in the playoffs, and you don't let up. And you know, they got fortunate. They were down a couple defensive linemen. The Raiders still didn't want to run the ball. Yes. All right. So, moving on, we will go over our predictions real quick. Uh, of what we did last round, I'm gonna gloat. Yes, I am. I was a perfect six and zero. Called that Niners one almost a month ago. Jesse, you were three and two. Your losses being Dallas and the Raiders. Yeah, I thought it'd be upsets, but I did not think. Nope. The, I did not think the Pats game was gonna go the way it did, though. Absolutely not. Uh, I'm not shocked by the Bucks one at all, though. So, all right. And from that, we're gonna move on to the next round of the playoffs. We have. Over in the NFC, the Rams and the Bucks. We got the Niners and the Packers. Then we got Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals, Titans. First one, I listen. They were my Super Bowl pick. I was worried because of how the you know the road they have to take. But that game against the Cardinals for the Rams was so easy. It was over at halftime. That I don't feel like they're coming to this game tired, beat up, or anything. They should be pretty fresh. Other than how far they have to travel. But they should be very fresh for this game against the Buccaneers, who are still getting some guys back from injury. I think Jalen Ramsey can take Mike Evans away. If Evans is even when Evans is healthy, I think Jalen Ramsey can take him away. No Godwin, no Antonio Brown. Uh, I think the Rams can throw the no, ball. No AB. What happened? <laughs> I think the Rams can throw the ball over the top deep, short with Cooper Cup. They can run the ball. Cam Akers is back, fresh legs too, because he hasn't played the whole season. I think that's huge. Uh, I think they're great at all three levels on the defense, linebacker, defensive front, and corner, um, secondary. Uh, I think the Rams take this one even in Tampa Bay. So I got the Rams beating them. I got the Packers beating the Niners, though it'll be a really, really close game because I don't think the Packers run defense is that great. I think the Packers sometimes can be a little pretty and a little finesse. And the Niners, I think there's a reason San Francisco's been such a tough matchup for them. Like I said, Packers only beat San Francisco by two in the regular season, so I think this game is going to be closer than people think. Uh, Green Bay still takes it, though. Uh, And then Bills-Chiefs, I'm sure, is going to be fun. It's going to be a barn burner. I think this Bills team is really built, though, to beat the Chiefs. They did that. Uh, Mahomes sometimes can be up and down. They haven't been that great all season. They got really good at the end, though. But I'm going with the Bills. Really close game. It's going to be probably the best game of the week. Maybe Rams-Bucks, though. I don't know. But I will go with the Bills and then Titans over the Bengals, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. So go through your round okay. predictions. I'm going to do mine in a slightly different order, in order that they're going to be on uh, TV and aired. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one, Bengals-Titans. Uh, probably going to be the Derrick Henry show. Yes. So look for that. Look for the Titans to ride. Derrick Henry all the way to the AFC Championship game. Mm. So yeah, I don't I don't think it'll be much of a contest either. Mm. Uh, Packers or Niners Packers. I don't. You say it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be close. I think who do I want 49ers to win? But I think the Packers. I think Rodgers is just going to throw all over this team. Uh, Rams Bucks. So these next two are a lot harder for me. Mm. Because the Rams early in the season handled Tampa pretty soundly. They won that game pretty easily. 
This is in Tampa, and I believe that game was that in. That was in LA. Okay, that was in LA mm-hmm. during the season. Ah, uh, see, I never want to pick against Tom Brady just because he's Tom Brady, but I don't want Bucks Green Bay again. That would be boring. I'm sick of that. I don't want the Battle of California either. So I'm picking Bucks though. Okay. Bucks. I think the Bucks. Okay. Because Tom Brady also loves to lose to teams and then beat them in the playoffs. Okay. And then finally, Chiefs Bills. Bills. Oh, I thought you were gonna do the Chiefs. Part of me really wants to, but the Bills. I I, I agree. I think they are just kind of. I think the Chiefs are actually maybe a little bit of a better team, but the, just the Bills themselves are built to beat a team like the Chiefs. I think uh, Josh Allen is going to run a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I on, think so, too, yeah. On that Chiefs defense. Um, and I think that defense is tough enough to uh, for a guy like Kelsey and fast enough for a guy like Hill. So I think they can – I mean, they already showed they can definitely compete and they won that game pretty convincingly, actually. I even said I thought that game during that game the Chiefs should have given up and rested some of their guys, but they kept trying. But So I, I'm going to pick a bill. Right. I'm going to pick the bills. All right. Uh, Dan, go through yours real quick, and then we'll go back and forth and argue about the ones we don't agree on. All right, so I think the Packers and 49ers. I'm picking the Packers. Garoppolo's banged up. He's going to probably make a mistake or two, and you can't do that to Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. I know Aaron Rodgers is not great uh, in the playoffs. Brady made three mistakes in a quarter, and Rodgers couldn't beat him, so. <laughs> but I still, I, you still can't do that. You no, still I know. can't I, I, get I, away with that. And, and Garoppolo is just. This is not the NFC Championship game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I'm picking the Packers. Uh, Bengals, Titans. Uh, I think the Bengals have a small chance. I'm going to give them a puncher's chance. I think Burrow to Chase could create some real problems for the Titans. I'm still picking the Titans. But, and now you guys are riding King Henry. He wasn't great this year, just to let you know, when he was healthy. He was still the best rusher, though. Well, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. He was leading the league in rushing until he got hurt. And then led the league in rushing for two more weeks. Okay, but I just... you're coming off a major injury, like a foot injury. I'm just not sure how well it's going to go. Tannehill, I'm not 100% sold on. Tannehill did a lot better when A.J. Brown came back. He did, but he still had. He actually had. You know who he had worse numbers than this year? Who? Who also played Mac Jones. I mean, I don't love Tannehill, but he was a lot better <laughs> when A.J. Brown was there. I think Vrabel has made that defense better. No, he has. And again, I, I just say I think... I think the Bengals have a chance because they have such a dynamic duo. They could do something, something about Burrow. He does kind of have that sort of it factor. Mm. Again, I'm picking Tennessee. I think they're the better team, and I think they're better coach. I just wouldn't be shocked if, if it was a little bit closer than people thought. Okay. Uh, Rams, Bucks. I'm picking the Bucks. Um, I think you're not going to, the Rams aren't going to be able to run on the Bucks. You're going to force it. Matt Stafford throw it. I think the Rams are going to run it down their throat. <laughs> what gives you what? <laughs> I think I think they are. Is they ran it down their throat when they met him the last time, and the deep defensive front for Tampa Bay was completely healthy then. I think Sean McVay, their old line, that run scheme, and all the weapons on the outside that you have to account for. I think 
Not many teams can run it on the box. I think the Rams are going to run it on the box. All right. I, I don't wow. see it. I think they're going to force Stafford to throw it, who led the league in interceptions this year. He did. And so, no, I don't I don't see the Rams on a short week. Do you think the Bucks are going to move the ball all that well on the Rams? Because that's the other thing. I think they'll be able to move it a little bit. I'm I think, worried about I think, the Bucks' injuries on offense. I know. I'm worried about that, too. But I think <coughs> Brady's going to go to Byron Leftwich and say, hey, forget Arians right now. What we're going to do, we're going to do this short passing game. We're going to neutralize Aaron Donald. We're going to neutralize injuries on our offensive line, try to do some of these quick plays here and there to Gronk. I think the tight ends for the Bucks are going to be huge in this game with Gronk, uh, Howard, and Breit. I just I, That's what I see happening. I could be wrong. The, the secondary for the Bucks against those weapons, like you mentioned, does worry me. But, again, I'm just going to pick the Bucks because I don't – I don't trust Stafford throwing the ball. Okay. And um, and again, short week for the Rams. They still have to travel cross country. Not easy to do. Last one, Chiefs Bills. I believe whoever wins this game is going to win the AFC, and I'm going to lean towards the Bills. Oh. I feel like everyone's on the Buffalo train, so now KC's going to win. They're going to win by 40. I know. Watch. I, but I just feel like Buffalo is bigger, stronger, way better defensively, especially scheme wise, defensively than KC. I think they're very similar. I think the Bills have more weapons to choose from, though. KC has become extremely just Kelsey and Hill-centric, whereas McKenzie can pop a big run or a big play. Emmanuel Sanders is consistent. Obviously, they have Stephon Diggs. And then defensively, like I said, their scheme's way better. Number one total defense. It's two two high-powered offenses that are explosive, and one has an elite defense. The other has an average defense. And I, I think the Chiefs defense, which is the strength of that the Chiefs defensive line, which is the strength of that defense, is going to be chasing Josh Allen around most of that game. Mm-hmm. So you're going to wear out Chris Jones. You're going to wear out Frank Clark. And then to the third and fourth quarter come rolling around, and they don't have a pass rush, it's going to be hard for the Chiefs to stop them. You think Buffalo's defense is elite? Uh, number one total defense in the NFL. You talked a lot of crap about that defense this year. I know. I thought at times they can give up big plays, but... The numbers don't lie. Do I think that the except, number except one point differential? Do I think they're the number one total defense in the NFL? No. Who is? The Patriots. No. <laughs> uh, I think the Rams are a better defense. Oh my god. <laughs> I think the Bucks, when healthy, are a better defense, just because that defensive front. Mm, that's secondary, though. When it's healthy. Mm. And they are getting the, some pieces back in the secondary too. Mm-hmm. So, so which one did we disagree on? Uh, Rams and Bucks. Okay, so I'm the only one who's taking the Rams. Fool, you bet against Tom Brady. I mean, I'm not putting money on it, but and yeah, and again, we, I'm done betting. I, I hit, I hit on almost everything last round, so I'm good. I'm good on the betting. I mean, you do look at you, know, Matt Stafford. Ooh, he just got his first playoff win. Congratulations, buddy! He had a lollipop. <laughs> I think the Rams will run the ball. I think the Rams are more explosive. I think the Rams are the better defense. I think the Rams are better everywhere. See, Running just, with what? I mean, Akers is back, but they're gonna Sonny Michelle. They'll run it on them. They'll run it effectively, play action, Dom, big plays over you, the top. You keep saying they're going to run it, but I'm asking how. You can't just repeat. They're going to. Because they have. I'm sure they John McVay is able to run the ball on almost everybody. But he's given up on the running games this year. Yeah, and that was his mistake. That's the sometimes when they're screwing up. Believe but, in yourself, bro. But how do you know after five or six runs when they're only getting one or two yards? He might actually say, screw it, Stafford, just check it out. Because he's going to want to keep the ball out of Brady's hands a little bit. 
And I think they know in order to win this game, they have to be balanced. Listen, would I be shocked if they came out throwing it first just to try and set it up later? No. But I think they'll come into this game extremely balanced. Um, there was talk about <clears throat> going into this, right? There was talk, um, I forget who it was, who the reporter who asked Sean. But you asked him about Stafford and his interceptions, and he said, we have talked about as a staff how to handle that. And we don't want to take Stafford's aggressiveness away, but there are ways that we can manage it, hone the, his aggressiveness, and make sure we get the best of Stafford without getting the worst of Stafford. Which means, I think, they know the mistakes they made earlier in the year, and I think as a staff, they have gotten together and made a considerable effort to realize we need to not abandon the run at any point. We need to go back to that being the identity, Stafford and the explosiveness off of the run game. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We will see. All right. So from that, guys, I'm going to take a back seat to this one. We're not taking Let's, a break? Let us break. First. Mm, this this has gone a little long. We'll, we'll take another break after this, but let's get into the Bruins talk oh. right now. So I'm gonna take a back seat. Oh, I'll give me a chill second. out, guys, while, while while you two talk some hockey. Dan, I like it when you're on the show because I can actually discuss hockey with somebody. <laughs> and actually, the last time we discussed hockey on this show, me and you, uh, the the tone was a little somber. It was a lot of second-guessing this team and wondering if this is it, if the window is closed, uh, and what could be done. Uh, something has been done in, in the new year, and it's been go, go, go ever since. Are you optimistic now? Do you think, oh, we're the, we're, or is this, we're hot right now because we made a, a simple line change, and this is going to teeter out soon? Where do you stand on that? I think it's just a simple... A hot streak and they're going to teeter out some look yes they switched the lines they broke up the perfection line and they're got they're getting more scoring depth which is great but is it sustainable or is it something that in a week or two teams are going to be watching video on and be like okay this is what we can do this is how we can do it now it's amazing i don't think they've lost since since what the break they lost one game in the new year which was a 3-2 loss to Minnesota. And Minnesota's a pretty good team. Yeah, so, I mean, they're, they're actually beating some of the better teams now. I mean, I think the win against Carolina was huge. Um, but it just, it's hard. You, having such a bad start to the year, and they had such bad, it's like just moving a guy around is really going to fix everything? I, it, it, I, as unbelievable it is, as that is, it seems to almost have done that. And I know you're not going to score five to seven goals a game, and it is the past couple of games. Like it's slowed down a little bit as teams are adjusting, but that was to be expected. You know, Brad Marchand's not going to put up. You're not going. Well, you're certainly not going to get a hat trick from someone every game. Brad no. Marchand is not going to put up four points a game here. Um, I think he's put up like uh, ten goals in the new year. Pasternak with eight. Like they, there's going to be streaks here. Uh, but I am optimistic because I haven't seen depth scoring like this since we won like a cup in 2011. It feels and we've had some no, we've had some depth scoring. I mean, let's not kid ourselves here. No, yes, of course. But the past couple of years, it's been just so much of the perfection line. And the talk was we need to get a wing for Krejci. Um, what is DeBrus doing? And actually, DeBrusque hasn't been a part of this. Like, and then the fourth line has been kind of disappeared. Uh, 
for a while and we've been like like we used to be able to roll four lines and now it's uh, almost at times scary to put out the fourth line but now like Lazar down there is scoring um, and simply breaking up Pasternak and them has I don't know it, it makes defenses run a little thinner and I think that's that's huge for the lower line right I think I think it was su- it became such especially you know it gets overblown a little bit but when you have an away game and the other team gets to change last and they go oh here comes Bergeron Martian we're gonna put our best defensive pairing out there shut them down we're gonna win this game now it's yeah, it, the, the depth scoring has been so much better. It's helped Taylor Hall. It's helped everyone out. I just, I, I want to see this last for more than just a couple weeks. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see. I mean, it, they've brought themselves back into contention, which is nice. I'm not saying they're going to go on this big run. Maybe they can steal a, a round in the playoffs because anything can happen in the playoffs. I mean, just. Where they were before even talk of getting to the playoffs is huge. Um, but, you know, there is the other elephant in the room when it comes to this team, right? What was that elephant for you? Uh, I'm going to see a guy named Tuka. Ah, he's back. Do you think that helps? I I do. I actually do think that helps. I think I think the guys like him a lot. For whatever yeah. reason, they... they it's their guy. They want to play, and I do think that's helped. I think they play a little bit harder in front of him. He's and, been there so long, right? And it's like it's just like he's one of the guys. It's just easy, but um, I. It's just hard for me to get behind that because they've butchered this goalie situation so badly that it's a just bit. like, come on, Allmark is the backup. Like Swayman needs to develop. He's he's not going to develop down there. And, Providence. He needs to get up there and actually play. If you wanted to bring Tuca back up, I don't know if Tuca's a great mentor, but you could say, hey, Tuca, you know, you're coming back for injury. When the split starts with you and Swayman, let's see how that goes. Give Swayman some games, some rep- like repetition. Maybe they can work something up because Tuca's not the future here. No. I mean, there's only a one-year deal and... <laughs> no idea what the future holds for him he's not talking about thinking about that right now and i don't expect him even if he comes back maybe next year that probably be it maybe one more year after that even right but it can't be long so at some point you need swayman up here and you gave Allmark plenty of chances yeah and he i mean it was also an idea i think it's five years it's a bad deal so you can't I mean, you could try to move him, but uh, that just looks horrible. He's cl- you're clearly willing to make somewhat of a commitment to this guy, um, so uh, you're you're right. It's kind of a mess. Like Swayman can't be feeling happy down there, and that that can do something to you. That can be uh, uh, put a hold on like how much you can grow this year and how much you can grow in the future. Um, and, and much as I like Raskin, you're right. I think they do play harder for this guy for whatever reason that is. Maybe it's because the media craps on him so hard and he's their their guy for so long. Um, and I think he is, of the three goalies you have right now, the best option in net, maybe. Um, but it might put a damper on your future. And part of the thing is right now you can't, as much as you want to win a cup now and you want to commit to these guys now, is that worth maybe ruining your goalie situation for the next five to ten years? I don't. I kind of don't think it is for maybe one cup. Um, well, if, 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 if this team suddenly was like, hey, we're really just a goalie away from being serious 
cup contenders. Okay, I, I can see going for that because you win that cup. For the next few years, it doesn't matter. But, sure. But when you are potentially could be an eight seed and bounced in the first round, no, that's not worth it. Yeah, what do, you, do you think this team needs to do something else if they really want to go for it? And can they do something else? Because the cap is a little tight. I mean, I no, I, I honestly don't think there's much they can do. Um, I know we talked about earlier in the year, potentially maybe Krejci wants to come back in the middle of the year. I don't know if that one's going to happen. Though. Maybe not. Um, but, you know, there's, there really is not much they do. There's not much in Providence they can bring up to help. There's there's really nothing they can do, which, you know, if things turn sideways for them here, do you start looking to move maybe Tuka or something like that to try to get something in return? Because they don't really have much in terms of youth and depth on that team. No, it's been... It, the the drafting has not been great, which we've said before uh, for a little while now. So you're not, you're not going to find... Uh, anything in Providence that's really going to push you um, and the best you can hope for at the deadline is maybe a depth forward and maybe a depth defenseman and that that's not going to push you over the top I, I don't need another Mike Riley that that didn't help us beat the Islanders last year no. it kind of made it worse um, against a team like that um, Lazar didn't help down the stretch last year and I like Lazar I think he does make your depth better but another Lazar doesn't make you a cup favorite not at all. Um, so I'm happy with where they are right now, but like I, you're not gonna win. You're not. You're not gonna win nine out of ten every ten games. Eventually, you're gonna lose a couple in a row. Eventually, you're gonna go on a. Some guys are gonna get injured, and you're gonna have to move those lines again. So this is nice, but we need to slow our roll. <laughs> I, I got one quick question though. I'm gonna turn this around. Do you think potentially this winning streak is hurting the Bruins? What I mean by that is, say we flipped it and they've lost seven of the ten, right? They were, they continued on the path they were going on. And do you see that as potential? You know what, Bergeron, it's been a great run. We need pieces. Marshawn, it's been a great run. We need pieces. Do you see? That is blasphemy. Okay, I'm just saying, though. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think they would do that. I, they're too loyal? Yes, a little bit. Um, I think that conversation, if they if this, they, if this, they got into the playoffs, squeaked in as, like, the eighth seed or missed it or missed it altogether, I think they would start having those conversations of, like, guys, your window has closed. What do you want to do? Right. Do you you can retire a Bruin. And Bergeron even said, like, I'm going to reevaluate some of that in the offseason. Um, uh, Tuca, we'll see. He's only on a one-year deal. Marshawn knows he's getting old. He's said it before. Um, but, you know, if they – I think, yeah, if they continue that path, I think they would have that conversation in the offseason. I think they would still – maybe kid themselves a little bit and say like oh we'll make a deadline move and see and then if it didn't go well then they would have that conversation yeah. but I don't I get you see I feel like this whole season has been kind of a kidding yourself a little a, a little bit but like I, I don't blame them for maybe giving it one last hurrah with the core they have of Bergeron Marshawn Tuca and um 
I guess Taylor Hall now instead of Krejci. But yeah, I mean, uh, that was most of, that's that's some news of the Bruins I guess going on right now. Mm. It, do you do you buy this team? And, and we kind of don't. As much as uh, I am enjoying this, you, you're not going to put up seven goals a game. You're not going to win nine of ten all the time. You know, you're not going to get hat tricks from different players every other night. Yeah, no, no I got you. I got you. I, I had we, the I had the best word in the whole thing. Which was yeah, no, I did love that point you made. <laughs> yeah, just blasphemy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had the best vocab of that entire segment. <laughs> so you guys might know your hockey, but you got upstaged. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take one last quick break before we move on. We're going to go over the coaching firings, uh, greater how much we agree or disagree, and then we will move on to our Darwin Award. As always, stick with us, guys. Slow your roll, guys. Dominic Lorenzano alongside writer for the Yaki Way Report. As always, Jesse Caulfield. Here with my brother, regular coming on the show, it seems, at this point, Dan Lorenzano. Especially for the football season. You guys had your nice hockey talk. I can't I can't talk hockey like that. I just can't. Um, mm. We're going to move on, though, guys. From You know, we talked about the good teams, the teams that actually made the playoffs. Let's talk about the bottom of the NFL a little bit more. There's always, seems, six, seven, eight new uh, firings and hirings every year. We're going to talk about all the firings. There's always something that make you scratch your head. We're going to go over the firings and grade 1 to 10 how much we agree, how much we disagree. 1 if you totally disagree. 10 had to happen. 100% agree. So I'll get us started here. David Colley. Happened a little later than the others. A little surprising. He's out as a Texans head coach. I'm going to give this a 5 because I see the point. So Colley was a weird hire to start with. He wasn't even a name that was brought up for most teams. He'd never even been a coordinator, and yet he was, what, in his 60s? I think he's pretty old. So he was a weird hire to start with, and I think the Texans were basically hiring someone that they could fire in a year or two because I think they knew this was basically a throwaway year. So let's not get the fan base and ownership mad about a guy that we might actually like and want to move forward with. But he did a really good job. They, They won more games than I thought they would. They were in a lot more games than I thought they'd be. And I also think that the Texans might have found themselves a potential quarterback in Davis Mills. And I don't think they anticipated that that was going to happen. Um, but I think with all the Deshaun Watson stuff, I think Houston knew it was going to be a throwaway year. So they wanted someone that they could fire. Here's my thing, though, for why I don't agree completely. Despite, obviously, Colley did a good job, but they might want a better coach to develop Davis Mills. My issue is... As an organization, you need to be self-aware. And this is maybe the worst or second worst job in the NFL in this cycle. So who are you actually going to be able to hire? And do you think they're going to be David better than David Colley? I have my doubts. So that's why I put it at a five. I mean, I kind of also put it at five because a part of me wanted to do a one. 
because I thought they should have kept him. Mm. But you brought up the point of, oh, it might have been a bridge coach. He was kind of just a scapegoat. You're here to fill in a year. You're here to lose, basically, and get us another draft pick. Mm -hmm. Um, But he ended up winning. Yeah, I was also, like, surprised at how good the Texans were. Um, So I don't think he should have been fired at all. So uh, part of me wanted to do this year, but I guess I did the five. If... If that was the case, mm-hmm. that that was the plan all along, I guess. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I guess. Not I got nothing else. Damn. I give it a two. I mean, again, come on. One year, uh, you know, essentially this roster was nuked. It was an expansion team. You know, you're right. He With Mills, he did, did better some other rookie quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, he was competitive. He beat the Titans this year. Um, it was just a really... Yeah, you can say, oh, it's just a bridge year. Maybe he was in on it. I don't know. But I just, it's not a good look for an ownership group that's already in turmoil and it has a lot of questions. And if you're a coach now, do you really go there and go, well, you know, if they gave this guy one year with no roster, what if I have slight expectations? Well, now? that's why I mean by self aware as a franchise. Right. Like you it, might think you want a better coach, but why do you think you're going to get one? Right. Maybe they said, hey, Cully, here's, you know, a three year, $5 million a year contract. Really, only going to coach one year, and we'll pay out the fifteen million dollars altogether to you, or something like that. But no, I just I can't. The guy did the guy for what that was going on in that franchise with Watson and everything. No, I I, I don't like that at all. I okay. think it was a bad move. Yep. All right, Jesse, I'm gonna let you start on the next one. Oh, Joe Judge. Yeah. Ten out of ten, baby. <laughs> because are you videotaping? No, I was I was gonna do Naggy. I'd, do you want me to videotape? Yeah, I wanted you to videotape right. all of them for yourself. All right. It's going to get awkward on the audio. That's fine. 10 Come. out of 10, baby. Joe Judge, <laughs> he should have been fired. And I think he wanted to be fired, like I said earlier in the show. When you're doing quarterback sneaks uh, inside your own 10 on third and nine, uh, you, you don't want to be there. And I think it was clear he didn't want to be there. For whatever reason, maybe it's because uh, that franchise is a tire fire right now. Uh, maybe he had disagreements with ownership or the GM. Uh, whatever it be. Maybe he knew there were greener pastures elsewhere because, oh, my God, it couldn't get any worse this season than maybe the... Uh, you know what? It could have. You could have been Vegas. You could have been Jacksonville. But other than that, without having huge controversies on your hand, that is as worse as it gets for an NFL franchise. So Joe Judge needed to go. Mm. And maybe that franchise needs to go. <laughs> All right, Dan. Uh, 10 out of 10 as well, I think Judge... Saw the writing on the wall says, "Oh, Daniel Jones is not the answer at quarterback. If I get another rookie, there's no way I'm going to last another year anyway. So why stick around? Go somewhere else, and maybe I can rehab my image a little bit." But to me, it's funny because you talk about the Giants and it's a dumpster fire right now. This is an organization that was very highly regarded for a long, long time with the Maras, and now they've gone through three coaches in six years. Yeah, it's something. Something's happened there. I don't know if it's one of the Maros or something, but something's not right there. Okay. I'm going to not go as strongly as you guys. Uh, I'll explain why. I'm going to go 8 out of 10, and here's why. It's not because I think Joe Judge is good. He's not. He was clearly over his head. This is another one that I think a lot of people thought was out of the blue, a strange hire. He was clearly over his head. However, you fired the GM, and the GM is the main problem for why this team is terrible. I would just, out of fairness, 
and the way it looks to the rest of the league, trying not to be too much of a tire fire, give the guy one more year because he only had two. Your roster is still going to be crap next year, and you don't have the quarterback, and you're not going to get one in this draft. So I'd keep him on as another, like, lame duck as, like, I, I know that he's probably gone after this year, but to give a better image of stability to the league to help with the idea of maybe becoming a little more attractive, not just firing a guy after the second year and acknowledging that the GM was the main issue. Um, I think you can make the argument for him staying, um, but he was clearly over his head, and it did seem like he was kind of losing the locker room and losing control of things. So I still would have fired him. I'm just not going to go 10 out of 10 like you guys what did. What do you mean? I thought there was guys mm. texting him saying they wanted to go back to the Giants. <laughs> and they were happy to be there. And they were going to the offense saying how happy they were to be there. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. For the next one. You know what? I started, though. So, Dan, how about you start this one? All right, who's the next one? I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you. So, Matt Nagy. Oh, of course you wanted me to do this one first, right? Yeah. I am gonna go. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go six out of ten. Oh. Um, I think he should have been. You know, I don't know what role he had with. You know, if the drafting of Trubisky, drafting of Fields, moving up. I know that a lot of that was probably more the GM. Um, and he had a great defense, and he got to a playoff game, never won one. So that's why this is not a ten out of ten or a higher number. But I do think, for the sake of everything that's going on, move on, give him a fresh start. You get a fresh start, get a younger, offensive-minded guy for Justin Fields. Then you get this burden gone. Nagy is an offensive mind. I know, but I'm just saying, like, they they said, oh, you know, there were rumors out there, like, right, oh, we're going to fire him, not before Thanksgiving even though they're playing the Lions and beat the Lions, and we're going to fire them that game. Like, oh, the way the Bears handle it is terrible, right. so but that's it's Chicago. Just, it's, just, it's just, all right, you know what? Just restart. They got rid of the GM, too. Just restart, move on, and hope you don't kill Justin Fields. Okay. Well, I'm going to do it, and then Jesse. Um, so for Matt Nagy, I'm going to give this a four. I understand why you might fire him. I understand that maybe you think he might have botched the Fields-Dalton thing a little bit. Um, but he's still an offensive mind. He won a lot of games with Trubisky, who was on the market and is only a backup quarterback. He had a winning record with Trubisky and Andy Dalton, by the way, as his starting quarterbacks. If you go and look at those games, that's not that easy to do. Uh, I think clearly Ryan Pace and ownership is the main problem here. Let's pay Khalil Mack all the money in the world and trade a bunch of picks. Uh, let's not know how to manage the cap so bad that we have to cut our best corner because we're over the cap somehow. Um, let's pay Nick Foles. A uh, million dollars, you know, multi millions of dollars because he had one good playoff run. So I think clearly pace is the problem. The organization is the problem. Matt Nagy got Trubisky to the playoffs twice. I would have gave him another year. And again, it also gets into the self awareness as a franchise. Uh, this is again a bottom tier job as far as being attractive. So I don't really know uh, what the Bears think they're going to get for an elite candidate. I mean, maybe Justin Fields is attractive. To some people, I do like him, uh, but this O-line is one of the worst in football. Their drafting has been atrocious, and they're right up against the cap. Uh, so I don't think they're going to be able to get elite candidates, and I think they should have kept Nagy. But I see why, so it's not like a one. It's a four. I think it's a ten. Ten out of ten again. Oh, my gosh. Because, uh, I mean, you say he's an offensive guy and has this offensive mind. 
and yet I watched some of the worst offensive schemes I've ever seen in my life this season come out of that team. And that team seemed to play some of its best football when he was not there with COVID. Uh, so, I mean, that t- uh, here's the thing. Everything about... They won some games at the end with Dalton. Uh, yeah, using his crappy teams. Uh, but here's the thing. that The entire state of Illinois wanted that man oh, gone. I know. The fan base turned on him, I know. And I, I, I don't think the locker room really was that high on him either at that point. Maybe. So I think you needed... Listen, as much as I've talked crap about Nagy and bashed him since the show started, really, because mm. uh, some of his terrible game management and uh, ruining some of my fantasy games <laughs> with his play calling, but uh, it's it's so clear that just that he needs to go and that they need to start fresh. Okay. So that's that's a lot of reason why it is also ten. Other than ten, ha, 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 the jokes. I feel like that's that's a little that, high. That seems a little. Yeah, it he seems a bit success. high. This is why we came up care. with a 10-point rating system. You're just, like, going to go... It's about... He's all right. Just, he needed, like, Jesse's five. just going to be like, ones and tens only. He needed to go. All right. He needed to go. All right. Whatever. All right. I will start this one. Brian Flores. Brian. Well, one. Uh, he should not have been fired. I think Chris Greer is the bigger problem. Brian Flores had that defense up and running very quickly, very well. He had a terrible roster the first year, and yet they're winning games at the end. Uh, he wanted Herbert. Greer wanted Tua. We all know who was right. Um, no, Brian Flores should not have been fired. This is about as unattractive as a job now, I feel like, as you can have, just because you have to deal with terrible ownership who fires people way too fast. Remember when they fired Dave Wanstat, too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though he was winning games? Ross is a terrible owner. Fires people way too quick. And you have to deal with Shaw, Josh Allen and Sean McDermott in the division and Bill Belichick. And right now you have Tua, and that's it. And no great option for quarterback this year, unless you can get a big name. But you fired your head coach, so I feel like that cripples you as far as trying to land a big name quarterback. Uh, I thought it was a terrible move by Miami, a one. Dan, uh, I'm going to give it a two. The only difference is, is uh, out of the three years, he was actually only one game above 500. Um, so that kind of hurts him a little bit. But I do agree that. The team responded to him. The team played well. I wasn't as much of a Tua hater as you were coming out of college, but now I see your point with him. And again, that division, you look at it and you go, hey, why do the Bills do so well? Why do the Patriots do so well? Oh, that's because they have stability. They have coaching. What do we have? We have a good coach here who's beating Bill Belichick, by the way, which only. What are we going to do? Yeah, let's get rid of him. Mm-hmm. This is going to hurt the Dolphins organization for a long, long time. So, yeah, it's a, it's a two. Okay. Uh, if you would have asked me a couple days ago, I would give it a, a zero if I could. <laughs> but like, when I found out that he was telling Tua that he there's other quarterbacks that he'd rather have, including Mac Jones, I'm like, ah, that's not great. It's not a great look. You can't be telling. You can't tell your quarterback that. Um. It, it, you know, maybe he. I, I don't know how much I believe the story is coming from Miami side. But. I, you, that's a different, a little bit of a different conversation. But assuming it is true, you can't say it. Yeah. Um. And you know, maybe part of the, I don't know when exactly he was saying these things. I don't know if he said the Herbert one. Maybe that was just a, he wanted Herbert, and he, he didn't say that to his face. Um. Because you know, this is just. A he con- said it's a Chris Greer in ownership. Sure, but this is just a conversation to have for a draft. So like, you know. 
don't hold that one against him. But um, you can't. And like maybe he was saying some of this because he saw the writing on the wall. And in the weeks leading to the end of the season, he just started. He knew he was going to get fired because they weren't going to make the playoffs at that point. And he mm. just started being like, "Well, if I had Mac Jones, I probably wouldn't be getting fired." Mm. Stuff like that. Yeah, I guess. So maybe, but that's, uh, I'll give him a three. A three to okay. play your game, Dom. Okay. All right, Jesse, you can start this next one also. Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. Uh, when we did, I don't know how many weeks ago it was at this point. It we was did, we did a little segment ago, I think, about uh, should uh, coaches be fired, and I said he should. So I'll give them. I'll give him a seven. Can I give halves? Sure. 7.5. Okay. Uh, because I do think he's a decent coach, and I think he'll find a good job elsewhere, and maybe probably find some success, success, success elsewhere if that team is decent. Mm. But I said, like, it, this, it's been going down. Trend, the trend has been down the past couple years. Uh, so I said they should move on and find something new. Okay. Try something else. Try a different coach. So that's why I'll give him a 7.5. It's not really Mike Zimmer. I mean, they fired, uh, I can't remember his name, at the GM also. So clearly they're going in a different direction in some ways. So they clearly watch the show. <laughs> All right, Dan. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm, I don't want to agree with Jesse, but I'm going to say a 7 why? as well. Because you're like, Dan, Dan, zero. So I just said 7.5. <laughs> so big, I biggest... made my own rule. 7.5. So the biggest thing with Mike Zimmer was, I don't actually think the GM should have gotten fired. You can argue with about Kirk Cousins, <laughs> but he. The biggest problem for him was the defense was falling apart. They put a lot of money this year. They put they spent forty six million dollars on that defense this year. Did not get any return on it, and that he's a defensive guy. He's routinely getting beaten by Aaron Rodgers. He got beat by what was his name? Cooper Rush. Ah, uh, he beat Aaron once this year. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, it wasn't. It, it it never felt like okay. This is Mike Zimmer's defense against Aaron Rodgers. Who's gonna? It was, you know, it's really just turned into an offensive team with you know Jordan Jefferson and everything. So I feel like I understand why they might want to move on. Maybe they think his defensive philosophies are getting a little old, and just. Sometimes organizations just want to reset, and I think that's what this was. Okay, I kind of agree. Um, I'm going to go a little lower than you guys, Mike Zimmer. I'm going to give this a six, so somewhat agree. Um, I don't think it's Zimmer's fault for the most part. Uh, I think you're paying a average, and I mean the epitome of average at quarterback, way too much money. If you remember, before they picked Kurt, they actually had a good defense. Then when they started paying Kirk, they started losing guys because they couldn't pay him. Now, I know they went out and spent that money this year, but if you know how free agency works in the NFL, when you bring in new ones, I mean, how many of them hit? Maybe 50%. It's about 50-50. And sometimes it can even take them a year to learn the scheme. So I'm not going to even blame him that much for the defense. Here's why I do think he needed to go, though. Uh, at the end of the day, you are stuck with Cousins for another year where he becomes a big cap hit. You eventually will have to move on and get a, another quarterback, too, after Kirk. So while you're stuck with him and unable to build a defense that's, you know, very good, uh, you need to bring in an offensive coach and hope that he can elevate Kirk in his last year and then start developing a new quarterback. Um, and they have the pieces there with Justin Jefferson and Thielen and Dalvin Cook. Cousins is competent. He just can drive you crazy, and you shouldn't be paying him $35 million. Um, and... Yeah, so I think that's the big thing. You bring in an offensive guy, see if you can 
elevate Kirk just a little bit more to another level in his last year and then start developing another quarterback eventually, whoever that may be. Um, also, Rodgers could leave the division as well. So doors open. It was probably time to move on, especially considering what you're stuck with. All right. So for the last one, Dan, I'm going to let you start this one. I think we agree on this one too. Vic Fangio. I, I've gone back and forth on this one. It's, it's tough. I'm going to say 4 out of 10. I'm going to lean slightly towards not not firing him. The Broncos are just kind of a mess right now. When you look at when I look at great jobs in the NFL, the first thing I look at is ownership. Right now the Broncos don't really even have an owner. Right now there's a legal system legal battle going on for ownership. They're probably going to get sold at some point in the summer. They're going to try to bring in all these new people for themselves. So he's probably going to be gone anyway. So if I was the Broncos, I would say, hey, we're going to keep this guy. Even if he's just a lame duck coach, bring him on. His side of the ball, the defense did pretty well this year. It's not his fault. Drew Locke was not the answer quarterback. Bridgewater got hurt. Give him If you gave him a quarterback, I think they could do a lot better. The problem is you're playing probably the hardest division. Yes, exactly. All right, Jesse, pick Fangio. Uh, I think I'm going to lean forward. Uh, I think four is a pretty good number. Wow, are we all going to be? We're all going to be. Uh, I, I'm in the three, four, five range because mm. he has been there for a little bit, and you know, and you, you can only give him so long before, like, all right, man, like the offense ain't doing anything. But at the same time, you, you weren't giving him much of anything. Mm-hmm. There are weapons, like you made some nice draft picks with like Judy. I know he didn't do much this year, um, but you know, he, he had some injuries, and um, you know, the the run game has been. Uh, iffy. Melvin Gordon's good, but at times it can disappear. Uh, but you never had a quarterback. Hmm. So it's hard to blame him. I get that you get a little impatient after a couple years. Like, well, you never made any progress. But you didn't give him anything. So I see both sides of the argument, but I'm going to lean towards more of the argument on Vic Fangio's side. Hmm. Of you, didn't, you didn't give me the toys. Because yes. if you look at the defense, yeah, the defense, the defense worked for the most part. Yeah. Um, this is funny, actually. We're all in agreement here. Um, I have the same number. I got a four on this. Uh, I get why they did it, but I disagree at the end of the day. Um, the biggest one being the fact that, other than Belichick, can you name me a better defensive mind in football than Vic Fangio right now? Brian Flores. Maybe. So let's put Fangio at third. Okay, but uh, yeah, yeah, I get your point. And you are now playing in the most high-powered offensive division in football. You have to deal with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You have to deal with Justin Herbert and Derek Carr. They've shown that they are capable on offense. So you have a lot of high-powered offenses to deal with. And consistently, Vic Fangio would give these teams the most trouble, at least for their offenses. You didn't give him the quarterback. You didn't give him the pieces. Now, you probably sit Fangio down and see if you can work out some sort of negotiation uh, you would de- I would definitely look to see, even if I have to overpay, I would overpay to see if I can get an elite offensive coordinator um, away from somebody else to help him along. But I think because of the division, I think you kind of need Vic Fangio there because you need somebody there who can slow those offenses down, and there's not many of them in football. And you're just going to keep chasing and chasing Herbert and Mahomes. What are the like? Unless they land Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. What are the chances that you're going to draft a quarterback that's going to be as good as Mahomes and Herbert? 
Not in this draft. Even in the next two or three. Like, how often do those kids come along? They don't come along that often. So uh, I feel more than ever we're seeing these kind of Remember the last quarterback ones. draft? They look all like whiffs between Darnold, Baker. I mean, Burroughs is good. Herbert is good. That wasn't Allen that draft. Is good. Different draft. No, but like recently? Yeah. The, the past no, couple drafts? That one, yes. That one, there was that hit. But they, they still whiff quite a bit. I think I think the biggest downfall was for Vic was they kept having late game collapses. They did. And, you I mean, if you watched the last game against Kansas City, they should have won that game easily. They, yeah. They, they didn't. They blew it. Yeah. I get that. All right. So that has been us going over the coaching firings. We're not going to bother with Urban Meyer. That happened during the season. That's really old news at this point. All right. Darwin that, Award. That was a 12 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, well, I, what was your John Gruden opinion? <laughs> they had to fire John Gruden. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, actually, quick question. Was that a... Was, I'm not a, trying to be conspiracy here, but do you think... Yes. Davis did that to say, hey, I don't want to have to pay you another five years of $15 million for average coaching. No, I think Davis loved him. <laughs> yeah, I think Davis did. Uh, do you want to start? Do you want to, do you want to explain this Darwin Award? Because this was your idea, still. It's a little... I mean, the Darwin was hard this week. It was hard. Because even like the one we win with is not like, eh. Yeah. We had some ideas. But, about... but you're the one who pitched this one as the final one. So Yeah, we went with the... All right. Ready? Drum roll. Drum roll. This week's Darwin Award winner is NFL officiating and the referees. <laughs> and I'm not even 100% with it. It was, uh, I mean, it was my idea. It was just an idea throughout because we went with uh, Novak Djokovic um, getting uh, screwed by tyranny once again. Uh, <laughs> and the communist state yeah. of Australia. Yeah. We hey, were, hey, hey. <laughs> he knew the rules. All right. He knew. That he shows right. up with Always fight the man, though. Yeah, you should, you should stand up to those terrible rules. Yes. Let me bring my lawyers with me and whine that I, because I'm not following the rules, I don't get my way. Uh, fight the man, and then he'd be turned. Yeah. We looked at a couple more. Uh, we went with NHL, uh, NHL, NFL officials because they, they had a tough week. Oh, say, yeah. Say what you will about the rulings. They had a tough week with the Cincy game, and it's like, oh, you, you can't make that call. That's against the rules. Uh, I think I think it was still okay because that whistle blew as that ball was entering Tyler Boyd's hands. Whatever, that's the that's the terrible rule. Mm-hmm. So they're not working the rest of the playoffs, I heard. That, uh, that crew. Yeah, that crew's out. Uh, and then at the very end of the Cowboys game, uh, after an odd play call that I think was stupid. Dak almost got this award for that. Yeah. Yeah, he was another one in the running. <laughs> I mean, you could say, like, just the cow- whoever made that play call. Yeah. It's killing more. Uh, I don't get it. I think they should have <laughs> ran that entire drive backwards, but that's a different conversation. Um, they they placed the ball down, and then the official came in, kind of pushed Dak out of the way <laughs> yeah. to then move the ball and then move it again to where it was originally anyway, and then the center picks it up and just moves it because they always just, you know, put it in the position to hike it, and they didn't get it off. Mm. And then uh, Cowboys fans were pissed, as if that changed anything <laughs> about their horrific team's performance. Yeah, that's why they lost. Yes. However... There was controversies this weekend from officiating. That's why they got it. Yeah. Say what you will about the how it went, yeah. but they did. They didn't look good this weekend. No, and they got trash thrown at them. Not good. Not good. They didn't look buttoned up. All right. So, 
NFL officiating. That is our Darwin Award of the week, guys. And thank you very much. We will be back next week, probably on a Monday, uh, because there's no Monday playoff games to go over that next round. Uh, this should be a better, better, uh, better round of football, I think. Hopefully. Uh, and guys, uh, we have a website, slowyroll.com, to look at past episodes, Jesse's articles, uh, mostly during the baseball season, I think, is when you write those. But still, yeah, past articles and just news and clips from some of the biggest plays in sports. Also videos uh, from the show at at slowyourroll.com. Thank you very much, everybody, and have a great week.